Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm so excited that you're here. And if you are listening to this when it releases, we are just a few days away from Christmas. And so I'm sure that you have been busy getting ready for the holidays and winding down 2023. And oh, we are praying, praying, praying for prodigal spouses to come home for Christmas Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or throughout the holidays. And we are praying for breakthroughs like you are not even expecting. So please pray with us and let's pray for mighty breakthroughs for around the world. Exactly. And it's not too late if you've not been able to reach out to your prodigal and invite them to come over for Christmas. Do it today. It's not too late to do that. And you never know, they may say no at the moment, but they may show up because we have many stories about that. So just keep praying and believing that God's going to do a mighty work in your uh, marriage and uh, throughout the holidays. And it's just, it's a good time. It's all about families. And it's a good time to ask and remind them that the door's always open. We are so thankful for the people that support the work of Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We could not do the devotionals that go out, the Fight for Your Marriage podcast, or any of the other ministries that we do without the financial support of so many people. And so thank you, thank you for giving. If you have not had the chance to give a year-end gift, I want to encourage you um, that you can still get in and there's still time to do it. You can visit our website at rejoiceministries.org and donate through there and ask God what He would have you do. If um, He would have you give $5 or sign up to be a family challenge partner where you give monthly, or maybe he's going to prompt you to give a bigger gift today and you can help make a bigger donation to support the work we do. But we appreciate you and we um, are just counting down the days to the end of the year. So don't miss your chance to get in and help with these year-end gifts. Well, today's episode is um, our top episode from 2023 that we are replaying for you. And it is about how to trust God when you're in the middle of waiting. And that is a hard season to be in. But this episode resonated with so many people. And so today we are playing it again for you to hear it. If you listen to it the first time, I hope that you'll give it a listen again and let God show you something new in this episode. And if you did not hear this episode yet, I know that it will um, just help you as you are praying and fighting for your marriage. So I hope you enjoy this. Hey, it's Lori. I'm so glad that you joined us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. Today I'm flying solo, but I hope that what I have to share with you today will be a blessing and encouragement to you. And I know that it has um, been an encouragement to me as I've kind of thought through what to talk about on today's episode. I wanted to just share with you four things that God has been showing me lately. And, um, 
I hope that the things that he's been showing me will just start you thinking and praying and digging around in the word a little bit more to see how God can use these things um, in your life right now. Before I share those things, let me bring you up to speed on a couple of fun projects that we have going. One is a new book project that we're doing, and it's called Prayers for Victory. And this is a book that is full of scriptures to personalize. I know when my mom was standing for marriage restoration, one thing that she said is she felt like she ran out of prayers to pray. And we never run out of words, but it can feel that way sometimes, especially when you're praying for a long time for the same thing over and over. You can just feel like, okay, God, it's me again. It's a new day and and I'm praying the same thing. And so um, one thing that she did was she would take the Bible and literally pray the Bible back to God. She would open and, and during her devotion time, find a passage to read, and she would just pray the scriptures and pray them by personalizing them. So the way she personalized them was by inserting the names of my dad, inserting the names of family members into those scriptures. So let me give you an example. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit later about the passage in Philippians. So let's go there. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so to personalize that scripture, Um, I can pray it for my husband, Scott, so I can say, being confident of this, Lord, that he who began a good work in Scott will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And that's my prayer. And so you could take the scriptures in the Bible and just personalize them. And we know that that is such a powerful way to really just um, connect in a more personal level with the word and to pray over our loved ones. So we've been putting together some scripture prayers. They're called Prayers for Victory. And um, we're almost done with this project. We hope that it will be out in the next um, month or two and available to you. But I know that that will be an encouragement. And as we finish this up, I would just love if you would pray for us as we finish the last part of a book. Um, that's always a difficult, tedious time to go through things. And so we would love your prayers. But I know that when this is available, it's going to be such a blessing and encouragement to you to just give you another resource on how to pray for your prodigal, how to pray for your children, how to pray for your in-laws, how to pray for everybody in your life. Another thing that we have going, you may have seen um, that we started a couple of months ago, is we're doing a pastor initiative, and we're trying to get some restoration resources into the hands of pastors. And so that's something that we're trying to send out um, to pastors that request them. Also, we have people who are requesting them to be sent to their pastor. And so um, you'll be seeing more about that on Charlene Cares and on our Friday weekly wrap-up emails. But if you would like us to send some restoration resources to your pastor, um, we'll put a link in the show notes and you can just give us your church's address and your pastor's name and we could get those resources sent out. But this year, we really want to see churches have available to them resources about restoration. There are so many people sitting in the rows of churches each and every week that are in a hurting marriage and 
sometimes they suffer silently. You may identify with that. You may have had marriage problems for years and never told your pastor, never told your small group leader. And we want pastors to have the tools to be able to recommend restoration to the couples that are hurting, not just divorce, not just divorce court, um, but we want them to know there is hope for their marriages. And so if you'd like us to send resources to your pastor, um, you can just click that link and we'll get those out. These are all great um, things that we're really looking forward to see how God uses them. And we want to see divorce in the church stopped. We don't want to see the numbers drop. We want to see it stopped. There is hope for your covenant marriage. And we want um, people to understand that when they're going through the struggles. So let me tell you what God's been teaching me. It has been a busy season. Um, you know, when we come off of Christmas and the new year, sometimes that can be so busy, but we've had two weddings in our family. My twins both got married within a couple months of each other. And, uh, my youngest son finished his, um, time at college. And so he moved home and we all got the December illness. And so that was fun going through bronchitis that trickled through the whole family. So it's been a busy season, but God has been showing me four things. And I just want to share those with you. The first thing he showed me is, and I keep seeing this everywhere. And it's so funny how God just reminds us of things and um, brings sermons in front of us and brings messages from other people and even little um, social media posts that have the same message. But it's not about you. And that is a hard thing to hear in a society now that is fighting against that message and saying it's all about us. But it's not about us. Throughout the Bible, we constantly see where Jesus wasn't bringing attention to himself, but instead he was always pointing to God. He was bringing the attention to God. And it can be so easy to get wrapped up in thinking that I'm the center of the world. My hurt, my request, my needs, my desires is what is most important. And it's not about us. You know, it's not about how much we pray, how much we fast, how much we're serving. It's all about God. And that's such a great reminder today. Um, if you're in the midst of praying for marriage restoration, it's a reminder that it's not about you. You're not being made a fool of when things don't go the way you want them to go. Um, if God delays in restoring your marriage, that's on him. That is not on you. When you take that focus off of yourself, then it's truly in God's hands. And it's about his timing and what he thinks should happen. Proverbs 19.21 is a great verse that says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And we all have plans in our heart. And our plans are not always the best plans. You know, my life does not look like I thought it would look when I was mapping it out many years ago. And I see now on the other side of what God has done in my life, how beneficial it was for me to surrender to his will because he had the best in mind for me. So just keep that in mind. Marriage restoration is not about your ability to manipulate a situation or um, about you getting the desired outcome at your timing. 
It is about total dependence on God. And when we're looking to him, that's when we can get in that, you know, kind of surrender mode of saying, okay, Lord, it is about you. It is not about me. So whatever you need to do, however you need to work this out, I'm going to trust you. Um, And that's hard to do some days, but you have to just remind yourself that God is a good father and he loves you. And you have to fight the lies of the enemy that may try to have you believe something else. Um, Jesus experienced that when he was in the desert and he was tempted by Satan. We see that he turned to God. Um, In Matthew 4, let me read that. Um, Let me start in verse 8. And now this is Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tested and the enemy is trying to um, defeat him and trying to get him to shift his focus. And verse 8 says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will just bow down and worship me. Verse 10 says, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And I can imagine that if the enemy took us to show us the kingdoms that we could have, if we would just bow to him, it could be tempting. That could be another relationship that could be the kingdom the enemy tempts you with. It could be um, giving up on your stand What is that kingdom that the enemy could tempt you with that would make you say, well, maybe I should go this way? It's such a good reminder to see that Jesus went through the same temptation and he was able to say, away from me, Satan. And be prepared to say that when um, the enemy tricks you and tries to tempt you. God will always be faithful to us. And that's what you have to keep in mind. Hebrews 10, 23 and 24 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that's such a a great verse to just remind us that we can hold on to what God has for us. Okay, number two, the second thing that God's been showing me lately is the importance of marriage. Now, I work in a marriage ministry. I love marriage. I love talking about marriage. I love my marriage. I'm blessed to have a wonderful husband, Scott, that I've been married to for 27 years. And um, I, I love marriage. I also want people to know how big of a deal marriage is. So I just said earlier that two of my kids got married. Um, We've been doing a lot of marriage talk in our house for the past, not just few months as people are engaged, but early on in the dating process, because we wanted our kids to know the purpose for dating. And what we've taught them is the purpose for dating is marriage. You're looking for a spouse. So you would not waste time dating multiple people, dating people that you would not someday marry. And so as we've gone into marriage um, and seeing our children marry, it's been such a blessing to just recast vision for our own marriage and to just be reminded of how important marriage is. And right now you might be in a separation state or divorced. And so marriage may be while you're standing, it may not be something that you focus on a lot. And I want to challenge you to go backwards 
and really go through your Bible and do a study on marriage and really remind yourself what it is you're fighting for. Let me give you a couple of Bible verses that are great to look at. Um, obviously, Mark 10, 9 is one of my favorites. Um, another one is 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, and you can look these up. And um, James 1, 2 through 3, let me read that one. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That can sound like not a very encouraging marriage scripture, but it's the reality of marriage that we will have troubles in marriage. And so we have to be ready and understand that when you're in a marriage that the trials, the testing, the struggles you go through will increase our faith and um, our perseverance. Another great one is about forgiveness. And that's so important in a marriage. And Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And that is something that we have to constantly be doing in marriage. And we have to do it um, even when our spouse has not asked for that forgiveness. You know, we have to have an attitude of forgiveness. So right now your spouse may be behaving in a way that looks ugly and they've not come and asked for forgiveness and repented to you, but you could still have an attitude of forgiveness and letting go of those transgressions and asking God to restore and redeem the hurt that those things cause you. One of the most um, powerful things that have happened over the past couple of months with uh, our son and our daughter getting married is that we were reminded how important the ceremony of marriage is. Now, let me explain. Both of my uh, kids, Kayla and Kyle, neither one of them were really into the wedding planning. They just both wanted to get married and move on with life. And the wedding was not the highlight. The marriage was, which is a blessing. I will say that for sure. However, it did make um, planning weddings a little more complicated, but we got through it. But anyhow, they at their marriage ceremony, um, their former youth pastor, who is a good friend of our family and their good friend married both of them. And he had the same comment and charge to the guests. And I thought it was so good. And he reminded the guests that were attending that wedding that they were not simply there to just enjoy a fun party and to watch, you know, th these couples commit to each other. But they were accepting the responsibility as witnesses to this marriage that they would continue to pray for the couples and that they would help them fight for their marriage. And that means in the good days and in the bad days, on the easy um, things that happen. And sometimes when you have to um, approach someone and talk to them about sin in their life or talk to them about how they might be going down a wrong path. And I thought that was such a powerful reminder. Um, I, I've been to many weddings and I can tell you that I have seen some of those people divorce. And if we would take our responsibility on ourselves to really pray for the couples that um, we've watched their marriages. You know, our pastor encourages us to write down in our Bible the names of people that we're praying for that are unsaved. And I would just say, I would take that a step further and say, when you've attended a wedding, jot down the name of the couple in your Bible and just pray continually for their marriage. Pray that 
um, God would be honored in their marriage, that they would honor one another. And then pray that God would give you boldness. If there's a friend that you have that's struggling, that you would be willing to um, just remind them of the vow they took and, and that covenant that they made and the importance of that marriage. And it's a great reminder when you're just reminding a friend of that for yourself of how important marriage is. And I pray that it will um, just help you really um, be motivated to fight for your own marriage. I know that motivation can sometimes be difficult to come by, but I pray that that will, um, that Bible study of just looking through marriage again will be that encouragement that you need. Okay, the third thing God's been teaching me lately is don't trust the highlight reel. And I talked about this on a couple podcasts ago, but we've just come through a new year and, you know, the news always shows us the highlights of, you know, the year before. And um, we could see on social media people posting, you know, their top 12 pictures or, um, you know, whatever their top songs were or whatever. It's the highlight reel. And the highlight reel can be very, very deceiving. It can make us look really good. You know, people take time to um, find the perfect photo or video. They may crop it and make it look just right. They may add a filter to make things appear better than they are. But we have to just understand that we cannot trust the highlight reel that the enemy tries to show us. You know, there can be times that the enemy is just trying to say, oh, look, they're so much happier now. Um, things are not as bad as you think. And they they deserve to be happy when, when looking at your spouse. I know my mom went through this with my dad when she was standing for restoration. He looked like he was living the high life. He was making more money than he'd ever made. He was losing weight, which he had always wanted to do. He was going out and going to places he never would have gone before. You know, he looked happy. But on the inside, he shares after he came home, he was miserable. He wasn't sleeping at night. He was really under um, spiritual um, conviction. And that's what my mom was praying for. She was praying that the Lord would go and speak to him and, and convict him of his sin. And that was happening. But it didn't look that way from the outside. And so that highlight reel can really be a trick of the enemy. And so I just want to challenge you to look to God and what the truth is. And don't worry about the highlight reel. You know, we're praying that God is magnified in our lives. And through your stand, Christ can be magnified. Um, You know, that reminds me, we sang that song, Christ Be Magnified in church a few weeks ago. And I love that song. It's a beautiful song and it's got powerful lyrics. But it is so hard to live out when we're looking at other people. And we really have to just shift our focus. We have to stop looking down, stop looking at what's happening around us. And we really have to lift our head and have eyes that are just focused on Christ. Let me read you a few of the lyrics from that song. The chorus says, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. And that's our prayer. I'm sure that's your prayer too. Uh, One of the verses says, I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. 
if the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. And what powerful lyrics, but that's the truth, I'm sure, of what your desire is, that Christ would be magnified and that we trust him, that if he puts us in a fire, we know that he's going to be there with us. All of that is great faith statements, but when you're living it out day after day, it can be weary and it can make you tired and it can make you wonder if God's really in control. And I just want to remind you that he is in control and that he loves you. Philippians is a great book of the Bible to read when you need to be reminded of that again. Paul was writing to the Philippians to thank them for the support that they had given him before he got arrested. But he was also trying to show them that only Christ can give us true joy. It comes only from him. Philippians 1 verse 12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And that verse is so powerful because Paul had been through so many struggles. He had been imprisoned and through his time in jail, um, God really did a work in his life. And I love this, that he's saying that through what has happened to me, it has advanced the gospel. And that's what it's all about. That goes back to number one of what I was saying, that it's not all about us. And it's about God and his gospel being advanced. And so if he is using the struggles you're going through financially, the struggle you're going through in your marriage, the struggle you're going through with a prodigal child, whatever it is you're facing, if he's using that to advance the gospel, that's a win. Trust God, trust his process, trust what is happening. I know what it's like to pray and pray and pray and just say, plead with the Lord, Lord, please change the situation. But when you trust his timing, let him work it out for his good and for his glory. Because as we said before, God is faithful and he will do that. All right, let me share the last thing God's been teaching me, and I hope this is a blessing to you. We can be a light in dark places. Let me share a verse with you from Micah chapter 7, verse 8. And it says, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. We are called to be the light of the world. We are called to shine our light. Let me tell you, if you have a cell phone, hopefully you're like me, and I'm constantly having my kids tell me, mom, your flashlight's on. Like, I don't know what I push on the phone, but I'm trying to just put it in my pocket. And all of a sudden I have my flashlight on. And that is such a good reminder to us of how we can shine a light in the darkness. Just as people get uncomfortable when my flashlight is on and I'm blinding them while I'm trying to order in a restaurant or it's shining through my pocket, our light can cause people to feel uncomfortable. And that's okay because when we're shining the light of Jesus, we have to be okay with the fact that people might be uncomfortable around us. It might cause people to ask questions. When we're shining our light for marriage, for example, a topic I said I love to talk about and I'm sure you talk about it often as well, that can make people uncomfortable. It can make them ask questions. But you know what it can be? It can also be a great conversation starter. There's a way to share what God's doing in your life with people and to be that light without um, being a 
hammer that's trying to hit people over the head, but lovingly and with excitement sharing what God's doing. And that's what my prayer is that we will all have that light of Jesus that is shining in the dark places. And we know that divorce and separation and sin and adultery and pornography and addictions and the things that that our prodigals are involved in are dark places, but God can be a light in those dark places. You know, be willing to be that light to other people and be willing to share your unfinished story. You know, I have a daughter with um, medical problems that she we've been dealing with for her entire life. And I would love to be able to tell people all of the ways that God has healed her and that he has um, just reformed bones in her body that she was born without. But God hasn't done that. However, he has been so faithful day after day, month after month, to guide us on her journey to healing. And he has done things that would not have been possible without him. And so even though I can't say, look, God has healed her fully and she has no more medical problems, I can say, Look at the ways God has answered our prayers and how he has given her hope for the future and he has made a way for her. And I can be a light in the darkness in her life in that way by reminding her of that and with other people around us. So how does God want you to be a light in dark places? Is it to your family? You might have unsaved family members that need to just see you being a faithful follower of Christ in front of them. They need to see the love that you have for a person who may not be very loving to you. They need to see how you are um, acting like Christ. And that is such a good way to shine a light around you. It might be to your coworkers. You know, it's hard to have a testimony of what Christ has done in your life if you're constantly miserable. And that's a challenge. Uh, You know, I know that there's some hard days and I know that there's hard circumstances and it can really affect our mood. But how can you say I have the joy of the Lord in my life despite what I'm facing if you're um, constantly frowning at people, if you're constantly snapping at people and short at people and people don't want to be around you. So ask God to give you the joy that he has so that you can be a light for other people. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. God is faithful. He's able to be trusted. He's worthy of our praises. And I hope that these few things that I've talked about today will just encourage you to shift your focus, look at what God's doing in your life and how you can be a blessing to others. And I promise that he will give you a testimony not just a restoration testimony. That's great. But you know, the testimonies we love to hear, we love to hear how God is changing a family, changing an individual, changing a person's prayer life on the journey to restoration. Those are the testimonies that really get us fired up. Because you know what, when we see those testimonies, and we see that life change happen, that's when we see a marriage that when they get restored, they go the distance because it's two people who have been transformed by Christ. So I pray today that that's your hope that God will transform you. And if you feel like you're in a rut, and you haven't felt transformed ask God. He's faithful. He hears you and he will do it. So ask him to transform you and to make you into a new person in his image. Have a great day. 
If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.